Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckless AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly. The John Anik and Kenny Florian Podcast. John Anik and Kenny Florian. I fucking love them. I can't get enough of them. Let's hear that boss tonight. Big job there from Duffy and Frank Mir is hurt now. They're a couple of absolutely self-involved bullshit artists. Here are your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian. Big show forthcoming today, Sunday, April 10th, 2022. It's episode 344 of the Anik and Florian podcast. And you knew you weren't going to have to wait for the Ray Longo Minute today. Feels like a three-time championship celebration Sunday morning, doesn't it? Congratulations, Alzheimer uh, Sterling. Still undisputed UFC Bantamweight champion of the world. Uh, John, I got to tell you, it's getting a little boring, no? <laughs> Are you uh, fucking kidding me? Boring. <laughs> Holy Unbelievable. shit, man. I'm on fire. I, 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 I'm so proud of this guy. It was a yeah. great night. And, man, hats off to Petrie. Man, where is this guy? Bring him bring him on. Yeah, we'll talk. Because I, mean, we'll, I got to tell oh, you, yeah. I think I, I was betting against Al Joe until I heard this kid last week. He turned me around. It's All right, crazy. So at 12.30 p.m. Eastern, we will bring on Big Gun Brian Petrie, and you guys can have uh, 10 minutes together. And I guess the next challenge for Ray Longo, Ken Flo, uh, is going to be to find a fighter now born in the 2000s and try to turn him into uh, the UFC champion. Congratulations, yeah. my man. You know, it's emotional, uh, obviously, for us because we're all so close to you. But it's Aljamain Sterling by split decision. I really don't care much for the discourse about the scorecards. I mean, certainly we're going to get into it, but the bottom line is that Piotr Jan is not a 5-1 to one favorite over Aljamain Sterling. They are very competitive together. Aljamain Sterling has a grappling advantage. You guys used it to great effect. And uh, bottom line, the enormity of this win for Aljo, it's just got to feel like the biggest monkey off your back, like in UFC history, I would think. No, man. You know what? I, I got to tell you, man, it's, uh, you know, like we've always talked about this, not like a baseball game or a basketball game where you, something goes wrong and you get to do it over the next week or the next day or 13 months of just getting tortured. And look, nobody liked the way that last fight went down. You know, I, I like, I, and I swear I didn't know what the rules were. I thought he got need. I didn't want to see him fighting, you know, continuing the fight, whatever happened, happened. But you know, I had put a space up between Matt Serra and Chris Weidman uh, probably about 14 months ago, and I would just make them stare at the space. That's where you're going to be. And, uh, you know, I felt so, you know, just to motivate him. And I, I felt so bad about what happened after the fight. Like, I didn't even put the picture up until last week. And I called him and I surprised him. I said, look, man, you earned your right for the last fight. I don't like the way it went down. I really just want to see you. Sorry, my I mic just, is muted, but explain that yeah. a little bit, Ray, because you have pictures of the champions on, on yeah, the Yeah, so I have pictures of all the guys that fight in the UFC on the wall, but on the top is Matt Serra and Chris Weidman because they're the champions and the, with their belts. So before the fight, I, I was watching some documentary. I think Doc Rivers did something with a basketball team where he just let them look at like where the banner would be every day and just visualize. 
So I, I thought that was a great idea. I did it with Aljo. I opened up space for where his poster would be, moved from the bottom to the top, you know, when he was champion last year, you know, uh, for, for the title last year. And the way it went down, I mean, even as a coach, I love the guy. I just, I didn't even like that. So, I mean, I, I never really put his picture up there, you know, always recognized him as the champ and stuff. But, you know, two weeks ago, we we opened up that space again and said, look, Aljo, we put your picture up. I, mean, I put his picture up there because I go, you are the champ. You did earn your right to be there. And I just wanted to see him win it the right way. And he, he went out and won it the right way for me. I was so proud. I think, you know, one, two, and three easy rounds to score. Second round, possibly a 10-8, you know, based on control time. And, you know, he's always in danger. I, 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 you know, can't believe he didn't get the finish. I thought it was a done deal. But um, the control, the way he controlled John, it was, I don't know, Kenny, you could talk to that even more than me, but I thought it was beautiful. How, how would you rate this win? Uh, obviously, you know, you spoke about your, your previous champions. Uh, based on the history between Jan and Aljo and everything that was going on in the background yeah. with, you know, surgeries and injuries and all that, uh, where would you rate this as far as uh, satisfaction after a win? No, this is uh, – look, I'm going to tell you, I learned a lot as a coach from this fight too. I mean, Aljo's different. He's different from Matt and Chris for sure. Uh, and he, uh, you know, even like with the last fight when he didn't eat right, and I was like, I sat down and I said, Aljo, you, you're telling me the truth. You really felt like shit. You didn't eat because, you know, you've been doing this a long time. And, you know, I, I get it. But, you know, whatever. You know, and, and I really believed him. He told me, Ray, I swear to God, it was that was it. I didn't feel good. And I knew I said, if you didn't feel good and you did what you did in that last fight, I know we're winning this fight. Yeah. You know, so um, that was, uh, you know, that 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 was it. So I, it's a, it's this one was a great feeling because the emotion involved too, Kenny. Even with all the shit that transpired in the year, and you know, this guy threatening to kill us when he sees us. And, you right. know, yeah. I mean, that dude. I, don't don't be doing yeah. that shit. It's stupid. It's nonsense. And I, I got to tell you, you're gonna threaten us in our own in our backyard. You you got to be a complete idiot. You know, so but it was the tensions were high with that. You know, you got to yeah. take everything serious. It ain't a, it ain't a fucking joke. I don't like getting threatened. I never right. did, and I never will. You know, right. so right. So you went right to the scoring. There's so much to talk about before we yeah. even get to the scoring. So I'm not going to get there. You know, yeah. you think I'm just going to let you get away with telling but, me that round oh. one wasn't was wasn't a hard round to score? But Ray, oh, yeah, I, there's okay. so much I want to get to before yeah, we yeah. get. To the, but but, but wait, let me just get to. Super proud of Aljo because of the buildup to this fight. It was very emotional. And again, he had to sit there and let all of these assholes torture him yeah. for uh, for 13 months. So it was this one was sad. All of these fights are satisfying for different reasons. You sure. Know what I mean? yeah. and, and, and so that, that I think that's the answer to your question. Because of this, the way that first fight played out. This one is really, really satisfying. Really, Kenny, really satisfying. This rivalry has a circumstance that no other one does in UFC history insofar as an undisputed UFC title changed hands on a DQ on a foul, right? And I was on SureDog.com, and it was finally the line that I was looking for, right? That Aljamain Sterling absorbed all of the public's wrath for Jan's foul. It's a crazy sort it's, of it's statement on the rivalry, right? And as such... Um, a not an inherently popular fighter to begin with. I mean, he has his fans, right? He has his no, fan base. Right. Every fighter does. But, you know, it's just absurd, right? It really is. And, you know, 
I, I like Piotr Jan a lot. I really do. You know, I don't think this was his best night, but um, it's hard not to be happy for Aljamain Sterling. And I just can't even imagine, you know, you know how big dick swinging he is on a Sunday. I'm sorry, kids, you know, <laughs> I mean. Yeah, I mean, well, he had so many doubters. He, he had so many people who doubted his ability to win. He had a lot of people who doubted that he was even injured in that fight, you know, uh, for their own selfish reasons. They just wanted to see the fight play out. They didn't want to see it go down that way. Uh, and, you know, Aljo, the way that he was able to battle back and and win this fight, and uh, I, I think it, it's extremely impressive uh, just based on everything that he had to deal with, um, you know, from the weight cut to – the injury coming back and believing in himself and yeah. all the negativity around his yeah. victory. Um, it was it's just very impressive. Yeah. Al Aljamain Sterling, 21 and three overall, undefeated since 2017, seven and zero since the Mud Ice fight, 13 and three in the UFC since 2014. And his head coach wants to talk about scorecards and drag me into a morass of negativity about how this no. fight was scored. No, I want to celebrate Aljo a little bit the way we're going to celebrate, celebrate Alexander him. Volkanovsky, you know, um, because, you know, I want to talk about rounds four and five and everything, you know. Um, yeah. But I think for Aljamain Sterling with his grappling ability, Ken Flo, I guess I'm just curious, like, I, you know, not 10-8 rounds for me. I can't even help myself, I guess, because, you know, there wasn't necessarily a submission attempt. And I thought Jan defended well. Um, but human backpack, man, I mean, he gets on there. Um, the control time just is going to pile up and you're not, not going to be able to get him off. That was clear. That was clear. I mean, once he got on the back, you could see um, Jan was doing a good job of defending submissions, but it was clear he really wasn't going to get him off, or at least wasn't going to get him off easily. Um, uh, Alger did a great job of controlling controlling that body triangle. Uh, he chipped away at him when he needed to. He was able to get him belly down a bunch. But again, let, let's look at uh, in the grappling world. You mount someone back or front, uh, that is a dominant position. That is the most dominant position that you can achieve in grappling. Yeah. Um, yeah, he he didn't get the submissions in, but, uh, you know, if we were to equate that to the striking game, that's about as good as it gets. It was definitely close to a 10-8 round. So I, I was really curious to see how that was going to play out if that was the case um, because the majority of that round – Jan is defending. He's not doing anything offensively. Right. Literally, he can't. He's he's encircled by his by his enemy, right? Yeah, I guess it's just inevitable. I guess let's just talk about it, Ray. Let's start with round one. Why was that an easy round for you to score? I thought Aljo, the movement, he had Jan. I don't think Jan did, did much in that round. I liked the way Aljo was getting a read on him. He kept moving. Right. He, kept, he was pot-shutting him with his kicks. And I thought it was that, that was an easy round to score, I think. Unless yeah, well, you like P unless you like Peter Young, then you could start right. making that that's the that's well, where it gets tricky. The whole fight know? hinged upon round one. You yes. know, I mean four and five were clear for Piotr Jan. And I think sometimes, Kenny, when you know the guy who doesn't win has won the last two rounds, sometimes that can sort of affect the public perception of the fight. I mean, Kemflo, dare I ask, like how you scored round one in the fight? Yeah, listen, I, I actually thought rounds one and five were pretty close. I, I, okay. I didn't necessarily think Jan it was it was clear for Jan in round five either. He okay. probably won round five, uh, but that could have gone either way. That wouldn't have been out of the question for me, in, in my opinion, just based on Aljo, you know, initiating on the feet. He was trying to hit some takedowns. He was close to a few of those. Um, the only thing Jan did at the end, I think that kind of um, was clear 
was when he kind of pushed his head down on the mat after the, after the uh, sprawl and circled to his back, but he didn't really do much to, to Aljo from there. Right. Um, but, um, you know, and pr- prior to that, I thought Aljo was the aggressor. But uh, in round one, I thought that was really close. You know, I, I thought that one could have gone either way as well. Um, I thought, you know, early it was Jan kind of, uh, you know, stalking, but he wasn't really landing many punches either. It wasn't landing uh, such clear shots. Aljo was kind of being more evasive, was landing shots and then kind of moving away. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with the decision at all, obviously, right. uh, but it was close enough to where um, I think people, you know, who definitely, you know, were in favor of Jan yeah. are going to think that Jan yeah. won the fight. But uh, in, in no way, shape or form is that a robbery. I mean, Ray, I remain very confused with the scoring, right? It seems like even when it got to a point where they wanted to be more liberal with the 10 eights, you know, now they're not there anymore. Kenny, I guess what I struggle with is that I thought round one was exceedingly close. Um, and as a commentator, if I didn't have the benefit of the numbers, maybe I would have thought Piotr Jan won that round. But Ray, the problem for me and Ken Flo, um, mm-hmm. is that if round one is scored 10-9 to either fighter, um, 10-9 numerically doesn't work for round two, given how dominant I thought Aljamain Sterling was. Right, that, that's people, a really good point. And some people would say to me, oh, he, you know, well, Aljo, you know, he didn't really get anything done. And to Ken Flo's point, it's like he rendered the other fighter defensive for the entire round, you know, and had a body triangle, you know. So don't tell me he didn't do anything. Um, I guess I just struggle with, like, I need somebody to just tell me. like, And I guess basically this is what I've gleaned since we got off the air, Ray, is that if you have to ask yourself, and I want people to listen to this, This is from Sean Sheehan, great Irish journalist. We're going to have him on the program. If you are having trouble discerning whether or not it is a 10-8, it's a 10-9, right? So if in your head you're struggling with it, you're supposed to say it's a 10-9, and I'm not sure that that uh, even works, but I guess that's the way we're supposed to operate. But it's neither here nor there. It really doesn't matter at this point in time. You know, he closes this chapter enough so that uh, there is absolutely no ground swell looking for a trilogy fight. It's on to TJ Dillashaw. Um, what were your thoughts well, on rounds four and five? Oh, oh no, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Let me just say, but <clears throat> at the end of the day, we did see a different Aljamain Sterling. No, that's all that matters to me. He backed up what he said. He was a different fighter, uh, and and that's it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, I it, it could have been close, but I I just thought he controlled he controlled what was happening, and that 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 was it. But go ahead, four so, and five, yeah disappointing to me but like kenny said five wasn't a complete runaway by no means and it wasn't like he was taking any he, he wasn't taking much damage either right so no you know he's he's not banged up today uh so well, i'm banged up today i just spilled yeah. my steak coffee all over my desk my wife just brought me two towels i drove through the night from jacksonville i feel for you. like two hours because i feel revolved around you and I asked you what time yeah. you wanted to go. And here's Longo's day, right? He wanted to go at noon. Then he's going to go for a leisurely lunch. He's going to come back and pack. <laughs> and he's going to get on a 6.30 p.m. flight. I'm thinking, well, can we not go at 3 p.m. Eastern, right? You know? Um, like, you know, but, when it gets too close, I get nervous. I just want to get out of here. No, I get it. But I, I mean, uh, my desk is a mess. So I'm going to clean sort of here. As See, I, as but, but John, in all, in all honesty, I, I booked a later flight because I thought we were going to do the show together. The next oh, morning. Oh my God, that's what we should have done. I mean, oh, heaven forbid we think ahead in the seventh <laughs> year. Of, yeah, what an embarrassment! What an uh, embarrassment. So, well, congratulations, man. And I know yeah. a lot of people are trying to put your career 
in historic terms right now. But I just want to go back to the poster <coughs> thing Kenny, for a minute because it's very symbolic, you know. And I know, Kenny, for you, you probably would have been like, don't put my fucking picture up there until I get some finality on this series, <laughs> you know. Um, right. <clears throat> but I just think that, you know, a lot of MMA websites might sort of pick up on that um, because it's a really cool thing that, you, you know, that you sort of held back in terms of giving him that acknowledgement. Then you gave him that acknowledgement on the wall before this fight. Um, and then, you know, he puts a capstone on it with that type of win. Um, what were the moments like for you guys in the team after the fight, brother? Listen, what I see, and again, look, I, I'm extremely happy he did his whole camp here. Uh, he, those guys, look, Marab Diwali, Shelly, there's not a better teammate than this guy. There's just not. He is, look, they're in the same weight class. He is all, he was all about helping Aljo. And I want to really, this, this, this fight really had nothing to do with me, basically. I mean, Al, Bayaquinta, Dennis Bazooka, and and Marab Shelley did a great job. They gelled together. I think Aljo really, you know, they, they, these guys are really tight. And I that that's part of the whole thing. Like, I don't get the jumping all over the place in different training. I, I think there's something to be said about the camaraderie that you build and that when you're going into battle, you got guys behind you that you know really have your back. And, I mean, even, you know, with the, the pre-fight shit, I mean, this, this was – these guys were tight – and I just want to say they did an unbelievable fucking job. What I watched was was just amazing to me. And look, man, I'm getting older, so I'd, I'd like to sit back a little more and just, you know, observe. And it was absolutely phenomenal. I knew he was going to win that fight. I knew he wanted to win that fight even for those guys, man, because they just the work they put in and the time and, you know, uh, yeah, I haven't felt that confident going into a fight in a long time. Yeah. I mean, it reminds me of uh, like Usman over Covington in terms of how good a win must feel. And uh, again, I thought it was a close fight when Ray's not on the air. I think Kenny and I are going to dig a little bit deeper into yeah. that side of things. Um, but I'm just really happy for you. I really am. And for Al Jermaine and for the family. And he's a good kid, you know, and it's hard, I think, to, you know, absorb a lot of the venom. You know, Ray, can you tell our audience the story about his mom calling him on Thursday night and and look at yeah, the building. I mean, that was that was to me was a sign from from the heavens. Like his mom calls last minute, so I don't know if it was the day before the weigh-in, but he was already like wigging out Thursday. a little bit. Was it Thursday? Yeah. yeah. Yep. And uh, <clears throat> I said, "Alex, you got to get it here any way you can, man." I don't know. Never came to a fight before. The first fights you want wow. to come to. So I go. I, I don't know. For me, I'm just weird. I go. I don't care how you get it here. Just get it here because I think that is. That was huge. Yeah. You know what I mean? So what a what a nice moment that was. He had his he had his sisters here. He had his mom here. His friends are fucking awesome. They were here. Yeah. Uh you know, we just it was a good you just felt it. You know, you start to feel it, Kenny. Like, man, the energy's just going in the right direction. Uh I get let me give you another really good story, John. You'll appreciate that I didn't tell you. So I, I'm on the plane coming here and um there's a there's a drunk idiot. I, I, this isn't going to go good either. But this guy is talking and talking. I bet a million dollars. You know, Aljo's going to get knocked out in the first. Get the we're, fuck out of here! Oh no, we're sitting in first class. I'm like, I think this this I, this is shit ain't going to go good. And oh, then, no. Then, no, no, no. He was one of these guys. Then he's somebody goes, well, what are you doing? I'm going to the fights. Dana White's my second cousin. He gets me tickets to all the pay. I go, this motherfucker is just out of his mind, out of his mind, completely gone. So I guess when we get off the plane, 
I take my mask off. I'm at the carriage thing, get my big. So his friend must realize now I'm Aljo's trainer. Wow. <laughs> you know, things change a little bit, right? So he says, can I just talk to you? Can I show you something? So you know what? He shows me a, a parlay. It's like an 11, uh, lay, right. I'm not, 11 like baseball games, but whatever the hell's in there. The last two are Petey Yon and Volkanowski. $6,000. He wins a million dollars. You're telling me all True. the baseball games had already come in and he just everything came through. in. So he was yeah. down to that. I'm wow. not I'm not really I'm not really in that situation. It, you know what you do? You hedge. Yeah. So listen, so I go like this. I go, listen, you're losing, you're not winning. Aljo looks great. He's had a guy that guy's he's good. Now he's let now it's like a different oh, please don't say that you're getting me crazy, you know, blah blah blah. So I go, that became the running joke. So yeah, so supposedly I seen him in the hotel. <clears throat> And he wasn't drunk. He was actually a nice guy. I liked him. I go, dude, you got to stop drinking, man. That was a <laughs> bad look on the plane, right? So he said he hedged or did something or cashed yes. out for like 200. It was either a million or 200,000. Yeah, you got to do something. It. So I think. But then his friend told me when I saw him after the fact, he goes, I don't believe he did it. He said he did it, but I don't know if he did because the guy was miserable. He came up to me. He says, let's, let's be honest. Aljo didn't win the fight. I go, dude, let me tell you something. I can't even tell you what I said, but whatever I said, you did that. <laughs> I want to know. No, 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 I'll tell you. no, right. no, 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 no. It wasn't even like that. It was something about, I just said, look, I'm not going to be able to save you if you fucking keep talking like that. Cause Good. you know, Good. that tension, <laughs> tensions were high. That's all I'm well, saying. I'll tell you, I'm yeah. sitting on a ticket right now. Scotty Scheffler has, I think a three shot lead at the masters and I'm sitting on a ticket for him at 22 to one. Wow. So I will hedge today on Cameron Smith who I think has a great chance to beat him because Cameron Smith just makes wow. a fucking birdie. So I'm in the same situation, albeit not nearly uh, on those terms with uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Is somebody cutting up some cocaine or something? What is that? No, did you hear that? Sound? Wait, John. I know. Uh, did, some did, of my did sound like a coke. Well, what is that? Wait, give me one not sec. Not that I know what give that me one sec. Give sound me one sec. is, you know. Oh, please tell me. Oh, yeah, he's going to bring in some mixed martial arts royalty here, hopefully. Um 48-47 Jan for me, by the way, while he's off his cans. I thought Piotr Jan won the fight, but it doesn't even matter. Cody's going to fucking kill me. I'm happy for Cody, of course, the producer of the Weekly Scraps, Aljamain Sterling's podcast, Ken Flo. Um, But I thought Piotr Jan won rounds four and five, and I did think he won round one. And certainly if I didn't have the benefit of the stats, uh, I'll stop talking about this when Ray comes back on the cans. Um, but if I didn't have the benefit of the stats, I would have given Jan one, four, and five. But close fight uh right. i just think it's like you got to be careful man it's like that outcome hung in the balance late you know it really did totally ray ray oh sorry about that what's Holy up shit. who was that i thought you're gonna bring in like ray i want ally and Quinter or something. i told everybody at 12 but i, I don't even think that's all right up. that's okay that's fine um <sighs> all right uh anything that i'm sort of forgetting um with the hall of fame coach ray longo you got to be in a hall of fame at this point kenny are you in any hall of fames yet no, just some Massachusetts no, Hall gonna, of Fame or something. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He just said no, just some Massachusetts Hall of Fame. What the wait? Let me ask the question again. Let me ask the question. So, yes, you are in some sort of Hall of Fame, Kenny. Is that right? Yeah. Because yeah, I'm yeah. not in any Massachusetts Hall of Fame, and I was born in Massachusetts. What Hall of Fame are you in again, Kenny? It's some martial arts. Okay, thing. so Kenny's a Hall of Famer. It's Ray, are you in any Hall of Fame? Uh, I would have been in a couple, but I denied them. I, didn't, really? I, I really don't really? like that. That's, really? Well, it's got to be 
Like like Kenny's saying, like, yeah, I'm in yeah. the freaking Williston Park Hall of Fame. Like, it's why, gotta why be something. Why would you guys denigrate me, you know? No, it, uh, you could put me in, like, the Anakin Florian Podcast Hall of Fame, and I would take oh, it. Oh, well, then, then you're that you type know? of guy. That I've would never won anything I, in my life. I got a couple of five years of service awards over there. Nah, it's gotta be, service from the Ultimate Fighting Championship. It's got to um, be an organization of meaning. Well, you're a Hall of Famer in my mind, and oh, please pass you. along my congratulations to uh, – to Aljamain Sterling, and we I will, will do on that from Ken Flo later. Um, in the nature of time, I will ask you about Hamzat Shimaev and Gilbert Burns. Uh, obviously, that was right before <laughs> your fight, so I don't know how much of that you watched, but well, I watched the whole shit. thing. I would tell you, yeah. if you're not a Gilbert Burns fan after that fight, you'll never be a Gilbert Burns fan. I think Gilbert, what a what a great job he did in that fight, man, and he kind of you know. Exposed. I mean, Kamza, look, he came to fight. He took his shots. He, I think it's a great growing fight for him moving up, but yeah. he definitely derailed him for what I, I, I didn't see that fight going like that. You know, even I told Gilbert, uh, Gilbert, I, I was worried about you, but man, I think you're the, I, I thought he fought with heart and balls and he, you know, he definitely wobbled him a couple of times and uh, I thought it was even going into the third round. I mean, that was a, that was a good fight, man. That was a great fight. Kenny, yeah. I want to get Gilbert Burns' face like tattooed on my body this morning. Maybe I'll do a Brazilian flag. Um, what'd you make of Gilbert Burns just with a, a spirited effort uh, in defeat? That is one of those fights that both men found out a little bit more about themselves than they did before that fight, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think for Gilbert Burns, um, he's been looking for that warrior-type performance, uh, and even in even in defeat, I think gained so much. Uh, not only Abs fans, but you know, just, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, it, man. I, I was, I was coming out of my skin watching that fight. That was fantastic. Yeah, and it, and it wasn't going well for him in round one. Like he had to do so much um, in order to come back, and in round two, he absolutely did that. That alone was a huge victory. Uh, and then, you know, keeping it competitive like he did in round three and, you know, avoiding a lot of the very difficult positions that he was put in in round one. I mean, I, I was amazed by the performance. Gilbert Burns uh, is the number two ranked fighter in the world for a reason. He fought his ass off. Um, I didn't think emotionally he looked like he was in that great of a space when he walked out. He almost looked scared. Uh, but boy, did he turn things around and landed some huge shots. That right hand that he landed at the end of round two would have killed most men. If you yeah. go back and look at that punch, it was as perfect as you could yeah. throw. It was as hard as Gilbert Burns has ever thrown in his life. <laughs> and how that didn't knock out that man, I have no idea. Amazing. Uh, an absolute yeah. classic war of a fight, and uh, both men should be uh, applauded. What a, what a, um, absolutely. Amazed. Yeah, Comza yeah. definitely had a pair of whiskers on him for sure. I mean – I think Unreal, it's going to be, a, part you know, <clears throat> I think it, it that that'll be a huge fight for Kamzat moving forward because he had a he had to do things that he had never had to do before either. So, <clears throat> yeah, Third my level. theory at the end of that round. So my theory at the end of that round two. Remember when Gilbert and I kind of pushed him off, and yeah. then Hamza yeah. kind of swung him at the end. Yeah, my theory is that he was kind of out. I, I think he was laying on him because he didn't really know where he was. I, honestly, I yeah. Wow. I think that's what I'm happened. Have to he go looked, back and watch it. He looked hurt, dude. It was bad. Yeah. By the way, if you're audio only today, there are levels to society. As I sit here, sort of draped in coffee all over my desk, Ken Flo is getting like 
beautifully manicured coffee mugs, hot as hell, delivered to his uh, office studio. I would like to read a quote for you from J.C. Santana, my strength and conditioning coach from the Institute of Human Performance, Gilbert Burns' coach, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. What about the adversity Gilbert overcame? Gilbert fought two forces, Hamzad and the hype. Gilbert bruised up the guy who was supposed to wipe the floor with him. If you look at the odds, everyone should be interviewing Gilbert, asking him how he was able to take the monster who was supposed to smash him in the first round to the edge. I mean, did you see Hamzad's face? The guy who has more rounds than punches landed on him got a taste of humanity today, or maybe that was humility. I don't think it meant to be humility. Um, And that was not Gilbert's best performance. Like, I love the quote from J.C. Santana, and it really is amazing. Like, I'm just so glad we got to learn all of that, you know, and that, you know, we didn't, you know, we got 15 minutes, an epic fight, probably the fight of the year, Ray. What do you think about that from uh, from one of uh, Gilbert's coaches? Yeah, I think he's uh, he's pretty dead on with that. And and I think I, I'm in agreement. I, I like I did. I did tell when I saw him, I, said, I really was worried for you. I thought this guy. Uh, that round one, you know, wasn't looking too good. And yeah. the way he came back, yeah, he did have to fight through a, a couple of different things. But, man, did he, I mean, I, I even in the backstage, I know people were coming up to him like, what a great fight. I mean, like normal people. Yeah. <clears throat> it was just really, really good to see. And I, I'm happy for him. He had his kids with him, his wife with him. Just a, a great scene. Henry, you know, one of my favorite guys. Yeah. Uh, that just it was that was that was great, man. That was great. You know, Kenny, Gilbert, excuse right, me, sorry. sorry, Ray. No, that's no. my fault. I'm cutting you off because I'm underslept. No. So, Kenny, I think Gilbert Burns would be a great training partner for Kamzat Chimaev, you know, because he doesn't have a lot of guys that are, you know, welterweight size, even though Gilbert's a little bit undersized, that he can train with. So he was surprised at how durable and strong Gilbert was. And I think a lot of us wanted to see that. Um, but sometimes for me, the expectations for these athletes are way too high, even for somebody like Ian Gary, as if you're supposed to just be Conor McGregor, who's one of the greatest distance managers of all time. Like Ian Gary's just supposed to come out and dust everybody in a minute. You know, it's not always going to play out that way. And so when Ray says that, like, the hype is derailed for Hamzat, um, you know, I don't know. I guess I just don't don't see it that way you're no, right yeah. i mean if he had gotten knocked out ray in round two like right no no i well, no i'll even no, I'll, I'll take that back not not the hype but it's almost like the tyson fact you, you could see he's beatable yeah. now that's all that's all not the hype is i think it was it's a great fight for Kamzat too i think he grows from that fight tremendously and he makes some adjustments i think he's a hundred percent going to get better there's no question in my mind but what i what i meant by hype was that how he was just dominating so he was so dominant in his wins, you know, that, that kind of got derailed, you know, now he's a human being who's just a tough motherfucker who loves to fight. I mean, there's no question about that. When I, I didn't mean any disrespect with the the hype. It was more like the hype of what he's been doing so far. Well, that's the thing. I think for Hamzat, he has walked through so many guys. We, we were going to find out potentially before this fight, if he was the real deal or not, you know, Hey, it's easy when you're the hammer. Can you be the nail? Right. And I think the question was answered. He can be the nail as well. He isn't yes. just a guy that's yeah, good yeah. At beating yeah. you up. He yeah. could take a beating yeah. as well. He had to go through some serious gut checks in this one. And yeah. I agree with Ray in that we see vulnerabilities in Chimaev, right. right? Right. He isn't this indestructible force, but he's right. a damn good fighter. Yes, yeah, he's a that, damn that, good fighter, and he's got yeah. heart and determination to back it up. Right. Like I, you could tell, he genuinely wanted to experience a war. 
Like he, like, he loved dang. it. He yeah, loved yeah, every yeah. second of it. Yeah, and for yeah. anyone who's like, oh, but if you just hit him once, like like Tyson, if you were able to hit him, you could see, you know, it hit him hard and hit him again. He could fade at, over the course of a fight. Chimaev was not trying to fade. And, and, and any, if anything, his coach had to be like, hey, stop trying to brawl, you idiot. What are you doing? You know, go yeah. back to your wrestling. Be a right, technical right, fighter because right. he was brawling and he was getting hit with some big shots yeah. from Gilbert Burns. I, I talked to his coach. I did talk briefly. He said he just really wanted to use the jab more. It was so effective. Mm-hmm. And why, like, like what Kenny said, no, Kenny's articulate better than me. I, my point was just the way he's been because he's no, definitely Christ. a warrior. I don't want to even, I'm not remotely saying that there's no fight. But my thing is before this fight, if you would have said him against Kamaru Usman, we would have been saying something different than we're going to say today. That's Absolutely. all I'm saying. Right or wrong? Is that agreed upon? That's all I'm saying. Like, right. you know, I, I had him, you know, in your head, you you see what he's doing. He's killing everybody. But now it's different, right? Now we got some resistance. But I thought he handled the resistance great, too. And I thought Gilbert did a great thing, just like JC said, what he was up against. Yeah. How he had to dig down deep and fight, especially after a first round like that against a yeah. guy with all that hype. It yeah. even makes it more. It makes that fight more special to me. Yeah. So, like again, hats off to Gilbert Burns, but hats off to Kamza too. The guy was fantastic. Also, it has nothing to do with anything, you know. Ray, I got to ask you as a coach. You know, I guess for me, I would love to see it, but for you, wouldn't you rather see Hamzat in this kind of fight? If you're getting ready for a Kamaru Usman, wouldn't you rather him be in this kind of war, knowing that your fighter can do crazy things like that when needs to, and no that he's got the heart, then maybe just walk well, that, through everybody on your way to the championship? That's what I say. This fight was huge for Kamzat because now yeah. we know he could take it too. You know yep. what I'm saying? So he's only going to get way better from this fight. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think Gilbert found out a lot about himself, like you guys say, who he is. But this kid's at 27 years old, right? Yeah. So right. he's just – he's yeah. growing – and yep. this is a growing fight for him. Even yeah. he probably made some mistakes as far as brawling instead of, you know, right. st- staying behind the jib and doing some other things. But he's going to get better and better, this kid. But that my point was before this fight, we would have had him right. I going totally up against anybody. And now I'm going to say he's got to get one or two more fights before we start talking like that again. And it's going to get tougher now because people know, you know, they got to take him three rounds. We never seen the guy come out of right, the first round. Right, so there's right. a lot, a lot of questions, a lot of moving parts right. that I thought were answered beautifully on both sides. Yeah. I mean, Gilbert Burns might be one of the top 20 pound, best pound for pound fighters in the world, you know, with a number two next to his name that yeah, I mean, did just take. And the resolve that she might have showed in right, that third round after that seemingly concussive blow in round two um, should not be ignored. Um, but, you know, people who want to like, you know, those who um, are on the Chimaev hype train, right, and on that bandwagon, and you can count me among them, you know, those that want to knock those people down today, I think it's just silly. Like, I'm looking to sort of celebrate both sides of this, and obviously yes. I, I do consider Gilbert Burns a teammate, if I can say that. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm just happy to see him shine in this setting, and uh, he just wants it so badly. I do think that eventually um, – you know, Gilbert Burns somehow, some way, interim or otherwise, is going to be wrapped with a championship belt. Um, so at the request of Ray Longo, we are now going to welcome in the fourth member of our team. He is Big Gun Brian. My Peace man. Day. There Yo, he is. What's up, right? Let me 
Let me tell you, so bring that energy, Petrie. Let's go, Ray. <laughs> Listen, you know, I I told John I don't I don't really I never listen to the show because I don't what? even right. I don't listen to myself. I can't stand listening to myself. So a, a buddy of mine said, "You got to listen to this guy, Petrie. He's had some nice things <laughs> to say about." You. I didn't even know who you were, but man, dude, you knocked it out of the park, man. You got thank you energy that I think you're going to be successful you know, in anything you do in life. But, man, you're on the money, man. I love what you're doing, and just keep it up, man. I just wanted to say hello. and uh, I appreciate that, Ray. Congratulations, yeah. man. That's huge. Yeah. I had I, I don't, you know, I had one, two, three, pretty easy Aljo, maybe even 10-8 in there. So we got yeah. champ, champ, baby. I love it. Let's go, yeah, Ray. So that was it, man. But anyway, man, keep doing your thing, guys. I love you. Uh, we have anything Hey, Ray. Else? Yeah. This is, I just want to say this in closing. I don't know, Kenny, if you had anything else for Ray. You can invoice yeah. us for the show today. We will pay you whatever you want for today's episode. <laughs> oh, wow. I tell you. And lastly, I'll just say, when we were launching this podcast in April of 2015, I believe it was January of 2015, if I'm not mistaken, I pulled Ray Longo aside at a weigh-in or some fight week festivity, and I pitched him the Ray Longo minute to be a part of this show. And um, I promise I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but... You know, it's pretty cool that here we are seven years in and you're bringing this program an undisputed UFC championship. And yeah. certainly you did that last March, but it was anticlimactic. So I would just like to thank you on behalf of the listenership and uh, keep getting it done, man. You know, we're, oh, we're, man, just, uh, we're happy know, for you, man. I don't know how much more I got me, guys. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. This is, these, are getting, right. these, are, these are getting tough, Kenny. Right. But, well, uh, it's, thank it's you amazing. very much. It's amazing to see, man. And, and again, it, it just kind of is another demonstration of your passion as as a martial artist and as a coach. And uh, for you to be able to take us uh, along for the ride, uh, it's been awesome, man. Congratulations. Uh, just beautiful to see. Well, awesome. Guy. Really, my pleasure, man. I love you guys. And I appreciate even, you know, considering me back in 2015 because I wasn't really a big interview guy or anything like that. Yeah. So you guys, you are you guys, now, now you're you, a fucking you, 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 you guys, <laughs> you guys kind of made a monster. That's yeah, the problem. Now, now, <laughs> you, now you're actually stuck with me. You can't right. get rid of me. Now you got merchandise and uh, everybody wants a piece. And uh, well, we love you, buddy. Have a great rest of your day and uh, right. get some fuel wheels up. We'll talk to you next week. Right, thanks. And because Stay of Peter, I'm a, because of Brian, I'm a big fucking listener of the show. I'm a big fan of the show. I'm Keep it up, guys. I'll talk to you. Thank Take you, buddy. You're right. Bye. I guess he'll just have to fast forward to the Petri dish segment or the main event what challenge. A king. He's a king. Matt Man, MMA takes podcast. He is big gun. Brian Petrie. Yes. So many directions in which we could go. We only have one prediction to make. We'll do Correct. that probably in about a half an hour because we sure. have not even invoked the name Alexander Volkanovsky. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, but I do want to just, I'm going to read the 10, eight language real quick. We are going to get your thoughts on Sterling and Jan officially, and then Chimaya burns, and then we'll get to the other fights. Okay. Ken Flo, I love watching Mackenzie Dern fight, man. She might be my favorite fighter to watch. I love watching jujitsu application and MMA at the highest level. It's my favorite thing to watch. Um, all right. A 10, eight round in MMA. I'm sorry. You can fast forward 30 seconds. If this bores the shit out of you, but we kind of have to do this today. <clears throat> a 10, eight round. In MMA is where one fighter wins the round by a large margin. A 10-8 round in MMA is not the most common score a judge will render, but it is absolutely essential to the evolution of the sport and the fairness to the fighters that judges understand and effectively utilize the score of 10-8. That sort of language shouldn't be in the rules, right? Like, that should be in a course, right? We need to know exactly how to score this. The score of 10-8 does not require a fighter to dominate their opponent for five minutes of a round. You understand the problem, Kenny? 
10-8 round right. in MMA is where one fighter wins the round by a large margin. Two what does that mean? Later, two sentences yeah. later, a score of 10-8 does not require a fighter to dominate their opponent for five minutes of a round. So you don't need duration. Uh, and then the score of 10-8 is utilized by the judge when the judge sees verifying for the which, so which is I'm why confused. in boxing, like in, in a boxing setting, if someone gets knocked down, it's almost automatically a 10 right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, but again, based on that, if I'm looking at it and I'm looking at it from a grappling perspective, was Aljo not on his back for the like uh, the majority of that round and he's scoring punches, he's flattening him out, and there's literally nothing offensive that Jan can do. All Jan can do from that back position is survive. Yeah, that's a dominant no, right. round, in my opinion. Yeah. That's a that's winning the round by a large margin. If that's what we're going through, and again, those are that's very uh you know obtuse there language. It's it's a yeah. little uh, ambiguous, but I don't know, man. Uh interesting. Bry, how did you see that fight, particularly round one? Round one, I had Aljo, and the re I rewatched it this morning. You know, I couldn't get enough. Woke up early. Of course, watching. You, did. Of course you fucking I, did. I think Jan threw big shots, but they they were they were bouncing off the shoulder. There's exactly. not that much landed. He was overloading on his shots, and Aljo didn't really initiate the grapple. Threw a lot of kicks. I saw some arguments on Twitter like, "Oh, well, Aljo threw kicks." Yeah, but he threw kicks, and Jan didn't throw anything that landed significantly. I mean, yeah. you look at the numbers. Aljo outlanded him in that round. And I just thought Jan was a little too tense. And I think you guys, uh, I think Rogan maybe brought it up on the broadcast. He seemed like he was fighting angry. And you can tell in that first round, he wasn't calm, cool, and collected. He was coming yeah. after Aljo, trying to take his head off. And I think he dropped that first round. Now, of course, it's very, very close. I'm yeah. not going to sit here and argue. And it, there's no robberies that need to be thrown out. I just happened to have it for Aljo because I thought uh, Jan was coming up empty on a lot of those shots. And then I had it 10-8 for the second round right when he flattened him out because I thought that could be a finish. You know, I go back to the pride. Pride never dies. Those pride judges, like, if you are about to finish a fight, you're going to get that round. And I thought it it could have been, you know, I know Jan Jan was was scrambling and stuff, but he panicked a little bit. And Aljo, when he flattened him out, got that that back control and started raining punches down, that to me secured uh, secured the 10-8, not to mention the three-plus minutes of ground control. I can understand what – yeah, yeah, go ahead, that, Ken. That's yeah. what it was for me as well, Brian, is when he had it flattened out, he landed, you know, some hard shots. Another two and three, that could have been, you know, another two and three hard shots, the referee yeah. could have stepped in there. So, yeah, sorry. I, I, yeah, 100%. And then that's why I didn't score round three for a 10-8 because he didn't flatten him out that round. Right, John was right, just kind of right. guarding a little less uh, back control, but he's still a back control. Um, and then four and five, four was a big yawn round. I think, I think Aljo maybe was, just, I don't know if he took it off or whatever, but he, he shot a little too many times that round. And then the fifth round, like Kenny mentioned earlier, was very close. I mean, I, I scored it for yawn, but it was not that easy of a round to score. Um, so yeah, I had Aljo three rounds to two. I was fairly confident. Obviously I had a bet on him, and I was yeah. very happy. I text Cody right afterwards because I got a lot of shit for picking Aljo. I got yeah. called a homer. I got called. Yeah. Oh, Were you guys the yeah. only ones that picked him? I think that like. I think so. I <laughs> tweeted at Kenny because you know Kraus picked uh, Jan and Jan. Yeah. Listen, a lot of people are upset because there's these guys out there. Okay, they give their best bets, and it's the three favorites of the fucking card. So they got green <laughs> colored glasses on, and they're like, "Oh, Jan won because they blew up their parlay." That's why they're a hundred percent right. Yeah, it that's is, why people get even more upset. 
Yeah. And the thing is, and we say this a lot, right, but you're betting the number and not the fighter. And certainly most of us on this show just didn't see this type of skill gap between these two athletes. But I don't believe Piotr Jan fought a great fight, Ken Flo. I mean, he no. came out very uncharacteristically. And I do think juxtaposed against the UFC apex, right? This tiny little octagon with no fans, like he's just totally locked in with that high guard. like not. And then here he's trying to fucking knock his head off, you know? Yeah, I, I think he was a little bit too emotional. He was uh, throwing himself off balance on a couple of those punches, which was allowing Alger to change levels and get in on those legs. But I think the tactical mistakes is when he kept turning away, he was kind of trying to turn away and run away off of the takedown. And in doing that, he was giving perhaps one of the best back takers in the division a tremendous opportunity. And Aljo, if he takes your back, he may not submit you every time, but you're not going to get out. You're not going to get out with some serious damage or at least exerting a tremendous amount of energy. And that's where he failed here in this fight. Uh, and then did it again. You know, his, his corner was going nuts. Pajampina was telling him, do not turn your back, whatever you do. And then round three, sure enough, he did it right away. And that had to be uh, very demoralizing for both him and his team. See, it's Pahumpinya, you know, but like he goes by Pahumpa, right? But right, but yeah. like, what are we supposed to call him on the air? Because it sounds so. Well, Pahumpinya is like it's like a cutie way. It's like you know, like yeah. it's like Bob and Bobby. You know, it's like hey, Bobby. You know, Bobby. now he wants to he wants to be a Bob. You know, so it's like Pahumpa. Yeah. By the way, Kenny, I think now here two four, I might have to go Rio de Janeiro. <laughs> I like it's that. Not Rio. It's, it's not Rio, huh? Yeah. Fuck, man. <laughs> That's a tricky one. That's a real tricky yes, one because is. Rio is known to the world, and it's always been Rio for me on right. the broadcast. And I it got probably pulled aside. should be anglicized. So yeah, you Rio. Rio's fine. All right, I got pulled aside by someone and was like, "Hey, you know, I know you're the king of pronunciation, but you do know it's Rio, right?" I'm like, "Fuck, man." Um, Brian, do you have thirty to forty-five seconds for us on Shimaya Burns before we get <sighs> to? I got two hours on that fight. I know. Man. I know. Um, I, listen, I underestimated Gilbert Burns. I, I was trying to be pretty nice last podcast when I said, you know, is the number disrespectful? I didn't think it was because I thought Chamaya was that good. But Gilbert Burns yeah. really proved. I mean, I think he's undersized. You know, there's there's times where he has been chinny, but he showed up. And I and Kenny, again, mentioned a great point. I texted this to my buddy said, dude, Gilbert Burns looks a little scared. His walkout did not give me a lot of confidence. Like if I could live bet my state, I would have doubled, tripled down on Chamaya. But he came out there ready to fight, you know, and Chamayev, though, what I love as a capper, two things is one, this guy's only had 10 fights. He's 27 years old. He's never lost a round. He's never really been hit. He went in there for a three round war where he had a huge adrenaline dump after that first round and battled one of the best 170s that we got. Right. And looked good doing it and got yeah. rocked bad. Like, I mean, I think I, I, I miss what Kenny said. I got to go back and rewatch it, but it looked like he was right. Like he got kicked off because Chamaya didn't know where the fuck he was at. Like it was, <laughs> yeah. he got hit with a heavy right hand and put him down. It was impressive of him to come back to the round. So as a capper, I'm like, great. Now we're not going to get these blown up lines. People right. are going to be like, ah, oh, let's yeah, fade right. the hype train. Right. I still think he's the real deal. Oh yeah. This is right. the 11th pro fight. We That's might not see it. Minus five fifty next time. You know, That's if he fights, I think he's going to fight the winner of Luke Bilal, who we'll talk about. Bilal, excuse me, who we'll talk about later. Uh, yeah. I, I think, I think that's the winner of that. And you know, if uh, I think the, I think he'll probably still be the favorite, but he's not going to be five to one. Right. And uh, as a capper, I like that because I do think the guy's got the goods. And this is what I want to see. You see all these guys running through people. And then all of a sudden, he has a stern test, showed out with his chin. He yeah. did fade a little bit with the cardio, but Dana White, I believe, mentioned it could have been an adrenaline dump, which was 100%. He came out 
Jack, he was right, sitting on top right. of the cage, you know, right. and then he just battled back. He showed that, hey, listen, I, I, I'm not just a wrestler, but I'm a guy that can strike and I can bang it out, even though that might not be the smartest game plan. His corner is screaming at him, which I love. Um, but yeah, listen, I'm, I'm impressed with both guys. Both guys are winners in my book. Um, super impressed with both. Yeah. I mean, the, the sitting on top of the cage was unbelievable. It has to be a first, right, John? I mean, yeah. you would know better than I would, but I've never seen anything like that. It was, you want to know why? It was epic. What's that? Because 99.5% of the fighters were they to do that. Security would be over in a minute and tell them. Right. Yeah. right. <laughs> he can fall I want to ask you, I want to ask you about something because I felt like you guys touched on it. Uh, but production didn't go back to it. And I think, you know, there was a – so Gilbert knocked Chimaev down, and it looked like he threw a kick or a knee or yeah. something. Did that land, and how much did uh, of an effect did that have? Because you guys never showed the replay on it. What, what happened there? We kind of brushed over it because I think it was soft and inconsequential, if memory serves, you know. Okay. Um, but candidly, you know, I don't honestly have to go back. I do like, it feels like Julio Arce fought like three weeks ago. Like my brain is so <laughs> scrambled. So, um, but I think that's what happened. I think that's okay. what happened. Um, okay. that it wasn't necessarily anything that, um, either fighter thought much about. And we just kind of moved okay. on. Um, I will say too, just in closing on Burns and Chimaev, I just had written down, you know, Kenny, you sort of said off the top of your analysis of that fight that they both learned a lot about themselves or not a lot, but you said they both learned about oh, yeah. themselves, but Absolutely. certainly you would suggest that Chimaev learned more about himself than Gilbert did because Gilbert knows that he's a dog. He knows how resilient he is. Now, maybe the chin won't hold up in other fights, you know, but he just with his cardiovascular base and, and all the work that he puts in, would you just agree that Gilbert like knew that he could, or, or I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's but possible. You know no, I mean? listen, I think, I think that, listen, there's sometimes as a fighter where you're like, I think if thing, if it gets dark, I believe, I believe that I'm going to be able to fight through that darkness, through that tough time. Mm-hmm. After the fight, though, that's when you really know for sure. Yeah. And I think he knows for sure now. And he went against one of the most dangerous, one of the most dangerous MMA fighters to have ever entered the octagon, you know, based on what we've seen in a lot of ways. Like the way that he wrestles, how hard he hits, the size of him. He's an absolute juggernaut. And Gilbert was outgunned. Okay. Uh, And I think. If he didn't know before, he definitely knows now. And I think that was kind of what he alluded to after the fight. It was like a reassurance and a confidence in himself now saying, hey, you're going to have to kill me. And and he went to that place. But you don't really know until you're there. And I think that was one of those fights where both men, again, know a hell of a lot more about themselves than they did before. I love Um, it. Just an absolute uh, hell of a fight. Absolutely. We have so much to get to. We need to start getting to Alexander Volkanovsky, whose future is in the UFC Hall of Fame. Kempfel, we'll start with you on Volk. Uh, gosh, you know, I didn't realize till after the fact that he said to Chan Sung Jung at the beginning of round four, are you sure? You know? All right. <laughs> dude, yeah. Oh, my God. He <laughs> looks uh, phenomenal, dude. Wow. Talk to me on Alexander Volkanovsky, Flo. He's a beast. Listen, um, it's funny because, you know, before the fight, I was kind of scrolling through Instagram all nervous. Like, what's going to happen? And I see Adesanya post uh, a a pretty hefty bet of Volkanovsky by knockout. And I was like, that's interesting. If there's someone who knows something, it's probably Adesanya. And, and of course, he's biased because he's friends with him and trains with him. But um, he, he... Again, just like you know a little bit more something about yourself when you're in fights like that, 
what do you think that win over Ortega did for Volkanovsky and all those fights? All that you, you gain so much more power and energy after a fight like that, knowing that if shit gets crazy, you're going to be able to fight back and come back. And I think we saw an energized and confident Volkanovsky. That was the best we'd ever seen him. Um, Zombie really was never in this fight. And Zombie, try, you know, when Zombie shows up, he's going to try to not only win, he's going to try to destroy you. And there was nothing he could do to Volkanovsky out there. Volkanovsky was just firing on all cylinders. It was a brilliant performance. Um, I, I don't remember him getting hit with a heavy shot, really, that was clean. Yeah. Uh, defensively, offensively, footwork-wise, variety of attacks and defenses. Uh, this kid is unbelievable, man. He's been underrated even as a champion. Uh, just another amazing performance from Volkanovski, who continues to improve. This guy's a serious martial artist, man. Brian, one of our other resident handicappers, Odd Sharks Joe Osborne, couldn't join us last week, but his play on the fight uh, at plus 210 was Alexander Volkanovsky by knockout. And when you considered recent history for Volk, last finish came against Chad Mendez December 2018. Uh, you had to think that was going to be a priority, and mm -hmm. he got the knockout. The guy's the total package, man. What are your thoughts on Volkanovski here making it three successive defenses? Yeah, I said on these airwaves last week, I thought he'd finish it late. I used my old my Midwest gut and, and placed the fourth <laughs> round knockout at plus yeah, 1400. So I, I had it that same oh, one. Wow. I had, yeah, oh, wow. I, I, I had Aljo on a couple units and I hit fourth round knockout on Volkanovski. And that saved your night. Why were there a couple prelims? Yeah, that went I, I went. I went pretty heavy on Josh Fram. I like Josh Fram. I went heavy on him as a dog. I, I like him he's, too. Oh, he's a good dog. Kenpo spot texted there. me on Anthony fucking her Anthony fucking yeah. Hernandez. Excuse me, <laughs> but Kenny yeah, that, texted me about Anthony. He could fight, man. Yeah, Dude, he could fight. He I I I looked at the Kevin Holland and Josh Fram are built kind of the same, and 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 Holland put uh, Hernandez down the knee. So I thought, oh, okay, you know, because I like Fram, you know. Um, and then I just, you know, so I went a little heavy on him too much. Yeah. That's okay. We we rebounded well. But listen, Volkanovski, I might be throwing the p word around with this fight. Man, he might be man. perfect. I mean, seriously, like the way he switches stances effortlessly, and there's no defensive liability when he switches stances. You know, that's the thing is. More fighters want to do that, but if they go southpaw, then they're like, fuck, I, I don't know which hand comes up to kick or whatever. And he does it effortlessly. His shots, his doubles, he mixed everything up. His cardio is on point. His chin's good. His mental's good. And I was watching the embeddeds, and obviously I, 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 we, we, uh, we did the podcast last weekend, and I said I thought he was going to finish. He looked at the camera and said, I know people say I'm going to knock him out, and that's for the sell the fight. I'm knocking this guy out. And Alexander Volkanovsky is a guy you fucking believe. You're like, oh, oh yeah, he's knocking him out. <laughs> Um, and I was confident him going in there. He listened zombie. Unfortunately, I love zombie. I have a Korean zombie shirt, the famous one, but yep. that was about 40 pounds ago. So it does not fit me. So I did not <laughs> want to show off a little too much here. So I did not wear it, but he's a legend, but he probably shouldn't have been in there. This sounds like, this sounds like maybe, uh, you know, Max Holloway is supposed to take the fight in March. Something happened. I, I would have liked to see Josh Emmett in there, maybe some young guns, but, uh, listen, no, no knock on Korean zombie. I just thought this was going to be, I thought it was going to be the way it was. And that's just first class on Volkanovsky after starting the fourth round. Like, do you sure? Because yeah, I beat you up right. pretty bad in that third. Are you sure? And then Herb Dean with a great stoppage. I know we shit on refs a lot, but Herb Dean yeah. stepped in there and saved that man because zombies just, I mean, he's a zombie. He's tough. He's not yeah. going to quit. So. Yeah, I agree. Herb Dean deserves credit for the way he handled that. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, perfect is probably a good adjective right now, Kenny, to describe Alexander Volkanovsky's game. Uh, I don't know how 
good his chokes are necessarily. I mean, I do think all these fighters should go to the Ken Flew school school of uh, submission offense, you know, yes. there in Charlotte, North Carolina. He's got fucking padded <laughs> walls in his house. Um, but, you know, I Kenny, to me, it's like he's he is firmly entrenched in that pound for pound conversation, which candidly is not a conversation that I really even enjoy. But he looks like that was like a perfect performance as far as I'm concerned. That's a professional. Uh, you know, if you are an amateur fighter or a new up-and-coming professional fighter, uh, I, I think it might be worth it going down to Australia and training with him and his team and just watch. Just watch yeah. what Volkanovski does on a daily basis uh, and listen to him talk and break things down. This is a very intelligent professional fighter, like in all aspects. It's uh, v- very cool to watch. Yeah. So in terms of what is next for Alexander Volkanovsky, I think it'll be the Holloway trilogy because I think the calendar will align. There are rumblings that the UFC is trying to get back to Australia this year. Maybe it'll be Perth, which is really far from Miami or Sydney, which is a little bit closer. Um, But I do believe that Alexander Volkanovsky's next title defense should come in Australia. You know, Volk says, you know, he wants and to he trains in New He trains in New Zealand. I'm sorry, but he, he goes back and forth. He lives in no, Australia. No, but freestyle fighting yeah. gym, though. They want to make yeah. it very clear. Freestyle fighting gym yeah. in Windang, Australia, I believe it is, is his home base. Yeah, because you know? he goes back um, and forth. Right, right. Yeah, but he does spend some time at City Kickboxing here and yeah. there, less so during this COVID-19 climate. Um, right. But, you know, if he wants guys to make a statement, you know, Arnold Allen did, um, but but I don't believe he had a top five ranking when he did it. And it came against Dan Hooker, who was unranked, um, even though obviously he was credentialed at lightweight. You know, Josh Emmett is coming off a win. But if memory serves, it was not a finish. Um, but I do believe because of the injury history for Emmett, you know, maybe if they wanted to turn Volk around qu- quickly and Holloway wasn't ready, you know, maybe he would get the fight. You know, um, sometimes the fan base says now yeah. puts words in my mouth, suggesting that I want Emmett to like leapfrog Holloway. Um, but Kempfo, what do you think for Volkanovsky? Are you thinking... Uh, are you thinking Holloway Trilogy right now? Because that was the first name out of the mouth of Volkanovski. So, yeah, I, I think for someone like Josh Emmett, it's been a while since we've seen him compete. I think he lost some momentum. He isn't this right. big name that's on the tip of the tongue of, of a lot of UFC fans right now. Yep. Uh, but he certainly is a, a worthy challenger. Um, but, I, yeah, I think Holloway's the guy. Uh, I, I think Holloway is a huge name. He's a guy that's going to show up. Um, I love Volkanovsky, and I think he's a very different fighter from the last time they fought. He did get the nod, but I thought Holloway did win that fight. Um, so I think you have the storyline uh, there. Yeah. I think that's the one, um, yep. and, and I think it would be phenomenal. Based on what we're seeing from Volkanovsky right now oh and Holloway, God. like how is that fight not ridiculous? Yeah, yeah. Bri, they're both so much better even now than they were when they met that second time on Fight Island. Is that the direction in which you'd go, Brian. Yeah. I mean, uh, and, and Holloway. It, it, yeah. But listen, I think you guys are forgetting one guy from, from, I know, I knew I was forgetting it. Yeah. Calvin Cade. Yeah. Uh, it's 145 is kind of a log jam because you got guys, we, we touched on everyone and they're either coming off a loss. You got Giga Cox coming off a loss, Cater, Cater coming off that horrible beating Holloway. But I feel like if you lose the Holloway, that's kind of a given at 45. I mean, he's the best. So if Holloway's not ready or if Holloway doesn't want to take the fight or whatever happens, or if they want to go in a different direction to sell, maybe like new blood or whatever it is, Calvin Cater answer the call. I guarantee wow. it. You know what I mean? So How about that, you know, yeah. I mean, I guess I thought about him one and one in his last two, right? So maybe yeah. that's why I wasn't. But his Giga uh, performance, dude, man. Dude, imagine the fucking cue the fucking duck boat. <laughs> yeah. Calvin Cater. Um, yeah. All right, Mackenzie Dern over Tisha Torres by split decision. 
Really close fight for my money, Ken Flo. Um, I, I love both of these women. I do want to tell you that uh, we announced Tisha Torres fighting out of Colorado Springs, Colorado, by way of Fall River, Massachusetts. That was all fucking me. It was my final question in the fighter meeting. Fall I said, River. Tisha, you, you, you claim Fall River. It's on your bio. Like, why have right. you never been announced out of Fall River, Massachusetts? And she's like, let's do it. I'm like, thank you. It's about time. <laughs> fucking Fall River. Um, Kenny, what'd you think of, uh, of that fight overall and, uh, and how'd you score it? I thought it was a really entertaining fight, man. It was awesome. I, 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 I kind of felt the energy a little bit at the press conference. They were kind of throwing jabs yeah, back yeah, yeah. at each other. I'm like, Ooh, this is getting spicy. <laughs> I like this. Uh, and it was a pretty spicy fight as well. You know, they were getting after it, man. Mackenzie Dern, just with those, you know, uh, machine gun, uh, type submission setups, you know, she was so close. How tough is Tisha Torres? Now, granted, she has like 12 inch long arms, you know, I mean, she's like really short arms. You can't lock those things up. They're so damn short. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, she is tough as hell. Like, literally just lifted her up from the Kimura and just like powered out of it and then uh, had to really squirm out of some serious submission attempts from Mackenzie Dern, one of the best submission artists in that division to have ever been in that division. Uh, more accurately, and uh, she showed a lot of toughness. I thought, obviously, that was the that was the thing, right? It was Torres on the feet versus the ground game and grappling of Mackenzie Dern. I thought Mackenzie showed uh, some improvements. She seemed really focused. She was in shape yep. for this one, but I thought Torres was gonna w- was gonna um, was gonna get the nod. Uh, honestly, I, I yeah. thought she did enough, but really, it was a close fight. Those yeah. are the kind of ones that you know you can't really be upset about. Uh, yeah. I thought Torres was going to win, but uh, it, it was really close and Mackenzie fought her ass off. So I, yeah. I, I was thoroughly entertained. Yeah, Brian, I agree. I thought Torres won rounds one and three, but that doesn't seem to be the majority opinion. A lot of people feel like Mackenzie Dern landed the more significant shots in that first round. Um, I can't get enough of watching Mackenzie Dern in yeah. combat. You know, I feel for Tisha because this would have meant a four fight winning streak and a top five, ranking and potentially a UFC main event. And I think she really handled this very difficult challenge. Well, what were your thoughts on that fight? Yeah, I had uh, Torres winning as well, but again, I had her in a parlay. So it was maybe a little green color glasses on my side, but I I was impressed by both, both females. Listen, Mackenzie Dern. I thought this was a really bad matchup for her. I thought, you know, she's a little stagnant on the feet. She rushes in. I thought Torres was beat a counter and she did really well counter well in the first round, but that pressure, man, that pressure is crazy. And then, one of the few fighters in the UFC that can pull guard and be absolutely dangerous. And she pulled yeah. guard, jump guard, really didn't really pull it. Uh, Tisha held her up, and she had that Kimura lock. And I'm like, man, this girl is nuts. Yeah. Um, third round was very, very close, very competitive. I I had a lot of uh, people on my end split on this as well. A lot of people thought it was Dern. A lot of people thought it was Torres. Competitive fight. Again, I, 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 I'm not calling robbery at all. I thought Torres edged it out. But yeah. I'm impressed by both and, and Mackenzie Dern's cardio. And remember, I mean, remember not too long ago where she was missing weight and they made her go to 125. Yeah. Like she has corrected all that. Yeah. She's a professional. And uh, man, if she just gets really killer wrestling, she's going to be champion. I mean, I, yeah. there's no doubt. In my I mind. think so too. You don't have to worry too, <clears throat> excuse me, about the work ethic or uh, her appetite for MMA training anymore. Right. So in three training camps now with her strength and conditioning coach, Rogerio Kamoish, she has added 11 pounds of muscle and halved her body fat from like 22% to 11%. And she's all in total yeah. body composition change. And uh, I'm really happy for her. She's a great kid. And uh, so is Tisha, but uh, it goes to Mackenzie Dern. Um, Ken Flo, did you see Alexi Olenek with the scarf hold choke of Jared Vandera? What we, do- what we, 
Did you see it? Yeah or no? I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, so what you didn't see on camera, if memory serves, like was Jared Vandera's like violent reaction to whatever the fuck was happening with his face <laughs> that had just been crushed by Olenek and his fucking neck. Right. Jesus Christ, man. Like, oh, let has got to be careful, man. These guys, guys got kids. Dude, he's got, he's got that old man straight kid. It's crazy. crazy. Listen, you know, it's funny. Before the match, I'm like, this dude, all he does is, like, he'll grab a hold of your arm and neck from any position, and you are done. Even if you're in the mouth position, he can submit you. But he's got the most insane streak. I remember – I remember someone telling me about Olenek when he first got in the UFC. They're like, dude, you know, he may not be the most technical guy, but he's one of the strongest dudes we've ever had. And he's just so unorthodox. And his strength is so unusual that whatever he grabs, he breaks. I don't think he's <laughs> even trained. I think he's just carrying his kids and he just goes and weighs in yeah. and chokes if you out. He has to like, He's got three minutes in there. No, I love you, Alexi. But I say he's got like four or five minutes, yeah. you know, yes. of gas. I love literally every time he wins, I laugh my ass off. It's yeah. just like, kind of, I, and it's no offense. It's just like he did it again. He did yeah. it again. <laughs> All right, what do you got? I have the exact same. I emotion. mean, the guy was tired after three overhand right hands that weren't even close. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is bad news. Vendera was like trying to, you know, short notice, trying to ease into it. And then when it went to the ground, I'm like, Vendera, get up. What are you doing? Get up. Well, you're not getting up. You're not, okay. You're fucking dead. And he got his head popped off. I mean, it was, I was like, Kenny, I was laughing my ass off. I couldn't believe it. Did you guys see the video of Vandera seeking out Olenek in the back? Yeah. To yeah, I saw that. No, no. What, what happened? happened? Right. And so, well, he just – Olenek was showing Vandera how he got him in it, and then Vandera practiced the move on one of his own teammates. But, did he really? You know, oh, that's cool. As Olenek was sort of showing Vandera what he did, it, you know, he was not putting pressure on that spot, but you could see where Vandera's face was almost, like, crushed in. And I don't know, man. I don't know. Now, did, he tap from, did he tap from the submission, or was the chest hairs that was in his mouth and eyes I, and nose? Just I think Tapology better put on chest hair submission because that's a <laughs> but listen, another thing too, this guy's undersized. Like Vandera's huge, Olenek's right. not big, yeah. and he still can pull your head off. It's amazing. Yeah. Vandera, yeah, though, right. it's like you gotta avoid that ground at all. What are you yeah. dicking around down there? Ground and pound. Just get out of there. Get out, get out in of the head. Yeah, yeah. congratulations. Oh, you know? Congratulations to Olenek for hitting yeah. his 168th submission. Yeah, yeah. 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 like what a man that guy is. <laughs> the real number is 47 submission wins for Alexei Olenek. And that's, and that's a legitimate fucking number. Uh, and Vandera cuts down to 266 pounds. Um, it's interesting, too, because Olenek, when we asked him, and we had our fighter meeting with him in Columbus because he was going to fight Alir Latifi, but we asked him about coaching, and he, you know, he said he's tired of martial arts. You know, So I sort of joke about him just sort of, you know, Taking the kids to school and uh, you know go way in and just you know see what we can do here in five minutes and we crush he another just soul. Oh my god! Medicine ball. Yeah. That's the training camp. Medicine <laughs> ball for you. It's like so, uh, Sylvester Stallone and over the top with that little thing in his truck. We just kept with the, ah, with the move. Yeah, ah, yeah. So uh, fans in Jacksonville were outstanding. Thank you all so much. Um, couple other things we're going to highlight here before we make a prediction on the way out for Bilal Muhammad, who, by the way, has a podcast on this channel with my twin brother. My twin brother was in the building, had the fucking time of his life Saturday night. You know? um, but they do a podcast called Remember the Show on this channel, and uh, we're going to uh, 
see Bilal on the main event here for the second time against Vicente Luque this weekend. Bilal's the underdog. We'll get a prediction from these fucking slapdicks here in a minute. But I want to get your <laughs> thoughts on uh, really underslept. On Ian Gary against Darian Weeks, if I could. Unanimous decision can flow for Gary. And, uh, you know, I just, you know, I think he's an acquired taste for some. But at the end of the day, Kenny, he, he is striving for mixed martial arts perfection. Um He's just so all about this. He works so hard. You know, he wants to be a great wrestler, grappler. Uh, I don't have enough praise for him as an individual seeking this UFC glory. Um, you know, I just think sometimes he becomes a victim of expectation. You know what we don't see so much in the UFC or in mixed martial arts in general is the balance of a fighter between confidence and honesty. Confidence and reality, whatever that is. And uh, he's a guy who exhibits confidence. He's got skill, but he also knows that he's got things to improve on. And when I see that kind of balance, I know this kid's probably going to do some great things in this sport. Is he going to be a champion? I don't know. I think it's too early. But is he going to do great things? Yeah, I think I think he is. Um, I think he's got good size for the division. I think he moves really well. He's very skillful, and he's showing a lot of skill at a very early age. Uh, to me, shows a lot of intelligence. It shows that he's in the gym. It shows that he's setting, you know, small goals on his way up to the top. And those are all good signs, man. And the fact that he's moving to the United States and dedicating himself to this is all the great signs. Surrounding himself with all the amazing talent down in South Florida. Um, you know, he, he's not a perfect fighter, but. Should he be? I mean, how many perfect fighters are there? You know, Volkanovsky, yeah. maybe a couple others. That's yeah. it. Uh, you know, and, and what does that mean? You know, so I think that um, he, the sky's the limit for him. Um, I think he's taking the right fights as well. And um, I, I'm impressed. A lot of maturity in that young man. BP, what do you got? Yeah, a lot of people were quick to fade this guy because he's arrogant, right? But Kenny hit it and nailed it. I mean, he has a perfect balance. And, uh, you know, he's got a crazy story. Got kicked out of his gym, came to Sanford, which is arguably could be a better gym, you know, uh, from Ireland. He's only got – this was his ninth pro fight. Um, everyone from Ireland wants him to be Conor McGregor. Not There's not – Conor McGregor's on growing trees, okay? But I was impressed. Darren Weeks is a tricky guy. You know, he's had a couple uh, professional boxing matches. He just wanted to stall the fight. He wanted to grapple him up. He was pretty bricked up. And Ian Gary – his head movement was on point, and then that third round was his best round, so it proved he had cardio as well. I thought that was some good ring time for him. You know, I, I didn't think he'd come out there and start weeks right in the first round like he did Jordan Williams because Jordan Williams leaves himself open a little bit. But that third round showed a lot to me. showed the kid's got cardio. He can go three rounds. He dropped him in that third round uh, and then remained patient and, and didn't take any damage. Um, I, I, the sky's the limit for Ian Gary. I like him. I'm all in. So when Kenny Florian went into the octagon to interview Conor McGregor after his UFC debut, April 6, 2013 in Sweden, I wasn't there with Ken Flo because my wife was pregnant with my second daughter. Ian Gary is a 15-year-old kid in Ireland watching this fight in the wee hours of Sunday morning, right? And then you go to school on Monday. And he told all of this, you know, to the media this week. But think about this, 15-year-old kid watching Conor McGregor. And then these kids all, you know, go to school the next day. And they're all yeah. mimicking him and 50 Gs, baby, and everything else. <laughs> and it's just, it, it really is crazy, right? I mean, literally, Conor McGregor was the inspiration for boxer Ian Gary to try judo. He became a judo black belt at 18. Um you know, and I don't know, BP, as much as I love you, that I would even use the word arrogant, you know, but 
I guess that's a fair adjective. Uh, but I guess I just see this side of him that just isn't that at all. Sure. You know, it's like, and I just, meant that in a positive way. I know. I, do think, yeah. I do think fighters need to have some kind of arrogance to them because they're stepping in. I mean, no other sports like this. I mean, they're literally getting in there yeah. and fighting another guy's training as long as them. So you got to have some kind of confidence in, in yourself. within yeah. yourself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I do believe there's a, with respect to the coaching he was getting, there's a huge gap yeah, in terms yeah, yeah, of yeah. what he was learning. I mean, Kenny, he's learning so many nuanced things from Henry. Uh, mm -hmm. So I do think, and, and from a matchmaking standpoint, they are uh, proceeding well with him. Um, we congratulate Mike Malott on a huge knockout and did a lot with his mic time to help Joey Rodriguez and his family. Uh, Raquel Pennington's won four in a row. I thought she looked great against Aspen Ladd, especially given the fact that she had less than two weeks to prepare. Um, Last fight I'll get your thoughts on before we move on. Anthony Hernandez can flow over Josh Fremd. And uh, if you don't know, now you know. I mean, Anthony Hernandez is not just here to take part. He has championship aspirations, and um, he really is getting better fight in and fight out. Your thoughts, Flo? Well, listen, Fremd is a problem. He's a good fighter, yeah. okay? Uh, Anthony Hernandez is the guy that you show up and you see this guy across uh, you know, the cage from you in sparring or in training, and you're like, all right, I'll, maybe I should take it easy on this guy. Uh, you know, just I'll work some rounds and work some new stuff. And you're like, oh, I just kind of lost that round. All right, I'm going to kick it up now. Uh, and then you find that you lost that round as well. Yeah. And in the third round, by the time you realize that he's a great fighter, he's actually kicking your ass. This kid can grapple. He can fight. He literally never stopped doing something. Yeah, that to me is a sign of a dude who like really knows what he's doing. His game is f. Uh, he's he's good everywhere, and you start thinking, you're like, well, this is the guy who got the fluke submission against Adolfo Vieira. I don't think that was a fluke. Like, yeah. how many times did he set up that Armin Kitty yeah. on him? I was like, he's gonna yeah. do it again. Yeah, and yeah. I think in 15 minutes. I became more impressed with him in 15 minutes in this fight than I did in his upset win over Hidalgo no Yeah, Like, this kid's a problem, man. Like, good luck to anyone who needs to go out there. Like, you're going – that's a guy that you have to kill, and but you have to get through all of that skill everywhere in order to do it as yeah. well. So yeah. he's, he, I think he's going to surprise a lot of people, and he's going to get a lot of upset wins uh, yeah. in the future. Yeah, quote, unquote. Yeah, Bry, Ken Flo's just on fire today. You know, and the quote it. I wrote down, the quote I wrote down was, you know, it's not just cardio. It's that he, he really knows what he's doing, right? There's yeah. no hesitation because yeah. transitionally, Bry, he seems to know exactly what to do all the time. I thought it was a brilliant fight, really, on both sides in a lot of respects. Yeah. Frem showed a lot of heart and resolve and rallied. And I, I took a picture with Frem's brother after the fact. And um, I was like, you guys should be really proud. He's like, oh, we are. Yeah. Yeah, Frem. Like, listen, I went heavy on Frem because I liked him in the LFA and yeah. uh, the the looking for a fight. Uh, Dana White, he he got the contract from that, and he's huge. He's six four, one eighty five. I like his striking. I like his power. But listen, Anthony Hernandez is doing something that you know Americans don't do. That's a, that's a dude from Dagestan right there, right? <laughs> grappling, chain grappling, going for these submissions, and people were kind of like, oh, well, maybe give up on the the Dars or give up on the arm arm right. and Gizzi. I like that he was going for that because you know what? If he lost position, he's going to get it back because he scrambles well. His cardio is on point. Friend faded a little bit. Second round, he had a good round, but he faded a little bit. And I liked him going for that. He wasn't happy with the decision win. He wanted to go out there and he wanted to take a neck and. That was what impressed me by Frem. After that first yeah. round, I'm like, okay, we got a we got a big grappling disadvantage here uh, on Frem's side. But then right. those chokes were deep, and that's like his move. He has the darts, and he has the arm in. And I'm like, 
man, this this is the Frem is showing a lot of heart. He could have took this fight on short notice. He could have easily been like eyes tight, tap. Okay, I'll fight to live another day. Um, live the fight another day, as I should say. But uh, no, I was super impressed with Hernandez because you just don't see guys at 85 not from Dagestan putting that kind of pressure on you yeah. and then just standing, sitting there talking post-fight, just chilling, like not even yeah. like he's the dead. man. He's the yeah. man. California, cool. Congratulations <laughs> to Anthony Fluffy. Hernandez and just a great card top to bottom. One of the longer pay-per-views we've ever done. Um, and last thing on UFC t- 273 camp flow. Like if you're like, do white belts get put in like scarf hold chokes where their necks and faces are just crushed into eternity? Is that what happens? Like jujitsu class five? Yeah. Great. Kinda. Listen, awesome. listen, the most dangerous animal on the planet is the blue belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, okay? Because they have just enough information yeah. uh, to kind of hurt you and themselves. Yeah. And I think, yeah, as a white belt, you got to be careful, especially with the big boys. But Olenek, I mean, again, that one technique that he has, he hits it at such a high level. And again, Ridiculous. you compound that with the kind of gorilla strength that he has. Yeah. Watch out, man. I'm Crazy. so sick in the head. I want I want Amito Alexi and Lennox. I want him to put me in that. I want to see what Amito's <laughs> like. We can arrange that. We yeah, can arrange he might that. break your I, hand I, with a handshake, let alone the I know. The I, want to, I want to feel it. I just need All to right. feel it. All right. Here's what we're going to do. Yeah. Next time he fights in the UFC, you're going to be my guest, and uh, okay. we'll do a fighter meeting, Yes, and he'll push you in the goddamn thing, and we'll see how you survive. R.I.P. Kenny, I need to do it. <laughs> Kenny, I, I know some of, of the jiu-jitsu history and origins. Do you think that the gentle art is a, a, good, a good name for jiu-jitsu? Oh, gosh. I think that is the ideal, right? That's like what, what as martial artists, we're looking at, you know, as far as how we want to uh, explore our jiu-jitsu and execute uh, with our jiu-jitsu. But sometimes you got to just get nasty. And, and it's just he puts gentle a little more art. spice on that. That's yeah, not gentle. Does. Yeah. I hope I don't offend all the great classy jiu-jitsu practitioners around the world when I say the gentle art is an absurd way to describe <laughs> jujitsu. That is ridiculous. I I was like crying in my gi driving oh. home to Boca Raton, Florida. <laughs> the fucking gentle art. You know, I wasn't crying after my boxing yeah. lessons of that. I can assure you. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. All right. Hope you enjoyed our spirited recap today. UFC fight night. Luke versus Muhammad beckons Saturday night at the UFC Apex. We have two UFC newcomers competing in the co-main event. So we are just going to do a main event prediction today because we wanted to save the bulk of our time for UFC 273. And we're not going three hours today because we're trying to leave the masses wanting more. <laughs> so Vicente Luque is minus 170. Bilal Muhammad is plus 150. It's a rematch of a fight uh, that went to Luque back in the day. How do you see the rematch playing out, Brian Petrie? And I guess you probably got to be careful picking against Bilal on the daily. Yeah. (laughs) Shout out Jason Anik. Awesome show. Remember the show. Remember the show. Love it on this channel. Uh, I usually don't like rematches unless one guy reaches to the title, right? Usually, like, you know, they fought early in the career, but this makes sense because 170 is kind of a log jam. You got the ranked 11th guy fighting the second, you know, second ranked guy, which I have. So this makes a lot of sense in the world. Um, Listen, I have faded Luke most of his UFC career, and I don't know why it is. I mean, he's almost made me homeless the way I've lost money on this huh. guy. Uh, I just feel like sometimes he, he's skilled everywhere. I just feel like sometimes he fights to the, his competition. Like, 
if there's a grapple, like with the Kiesa fight, he's willing to grapple Kiesa. And I think Kiesa made some crucial mistakes and he's got his dark stroke. His dark stroke is frightening and his stand up is, is great as well. But there's times where like in the Mike Perry fight where he's looked very pedestrian, he's got some weird wins and some really good, uh, really weird losses in there as well. But he's, he's an elite guy. No, you know, don't take me fading this guy for elite guys getting better. He obviously beat Bilal in, in, in Bilal's, I believe, his third UFC fight. And that's a Bilal, uh, Bilal, excuse me. God, I got sorry, John. I got to get that. Well, let me just uh, yeah. say, like, we Go used ahead. to mess up his first name and his last name and call him Bilal Muhammad. And yeah. it's Bilal Muhammad. So. Okay. I'm just going to stick with Bilal because I don't want to butcher everything. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's good enough. <laughs> Bully B also works. Yeah, Bully B came in the UFC undefeated. Uh, and he had a win over my guy Chris Curtis in Chicago, which I was I was a hair away from going to see that. That was a very interesting fight. That to me, when he got that fight, he fought two more times. Went to the UFC. I was like, oh, this guy's gonna be great in the UFC. Went one and two. And I w- went back and rewatched a lot of his fights, early fights. He didn't really have that swagger that he has now. Like he definitely is a confident guy, but he wasn't the same guy we're seeing now, right? He's still trying to find himself. Do I want to be a boxer? Do I want to be a grappler? He's, you know, move camps a little bit. That Chicago camp that he has, you know, he's at Rufus for a while. Chicago camps come along great. You know, he's got Ignacio Bohomandez, which is the best name in the world. Yep. And he goes down to Sanford MMA. Um, and now he's got that, you know, that swagger. He's got that fuck you smirk at the weigh-ins, which needs to be on a t-shirt. I love yeah. that. I love oh. Confidence yeah. he has, and he's finding his game. You know what I mean? He's not a power puncher, he's a volume puncher. He knows that his defense has been a liability at times, but he showed a chin off in the Jeff Neal fight. I know Luke clipped him and put him down, but in the Jeff Neal fight, he showed, Hey, I can have a chin. Sometimes it's high up in the air a little bit, but he likes to put pressure on you. But this best game is his grappling, and that's what he needs to lean on. I feel like sometimes he didn't really want to lean on that because I think he maybe got wrapped up. He wanted to be an exciting fighter or whatever the case. He went one and two in the UFC. He decided, you know what? I need to rattle off some wins. Got three in a row, four in a row. Now he's on a six-fight win streak after the Jeff Neal fight. And uh, I love his game right now because positionally, he's going to take you down and wear you out. And that's what he does. His cardio is unmatched at 170. I will bet a hefty dollar amount that no one matches his cardio at 170. It's, it's, it's on another level. And he does have good submissions, but I feel like positionally is where he breaks you, and then you'll give up a neck. And in the Kiesa fight, which is what I keep going back to in Luke, Kiesa, similar kind of style, maybe a little different grappling style than Luke, or excuse me, Bilal, because of uh, you know body size and whatever. But Kiesa was doing really well in that fight. And he just made a mistake and, and fell into that Darce, which is which is Luke's move. So I love Blau by decision here. <clears throat> I think he's going to drown him in the deep waters. This is a five-round fight. I love that for Blau. If it was a three-round fight, I, I might pause a little bit. But at that underdog number, and again, yeah. this isn't a homer pick. This is right. this is a, this is something I'm going to put my own money on. I like Blau by decision here. I just think he's going to have an interesting first two rounds with Luke and then eventually just take him in the deep waters and drown him. So uh, fairly confident in this underdog play as well. And I'm also friendly with Vicente Luque. I mean, Bilal yeah. obviously is my boy. I'm not going to hide it. But we did have Luque on the Anakin Florian podcast right before he went back to Brasilia for his training camp. Um, not necessarily uh, to balance things out because we like Vicente Luque. Um, Ken Flo, I thought the betting line would be a little bit closer just given the fact that, to Brian's point, Bilal really has found his style and really understands now how to apply his skills, I think. But Luke is the more prolific finisher. Obviously, his UFC resume has more big wins on it. As such, Luke is a near two-to-one favorite. I'm not sure he's the 24-7, 365 guy that Bilal is in terms of being married to the game. He is married in life. He has a child now, you know. Um, but, man, Luke's training camps are outstanding. His coaching staff is outstanding. He is elite, one of the best in the world. Um, I guess I thought it'd be more minus 140 plus 120. You're paying minus 170 on the Luke side. Ken Flo, which way are you going? 
No question about it. Listen, uh, Brian Petrie, leave some leave some meat on the boat oh, for me. My God. goodness, what what Sorry. a breakdown! Hey, listen, oh, you, you, you up my game. You've been on fire all podcast. I've been talking just, way too much. I'm just I enjoy up. it. I enjoyed it, but that was awesome, Brian. You know, um, listen, not a whole lot for me to add. It was a brilliant breakdown. I, I think that all of those things are true, and um, you know, it's it's hard. I I love this fight. I love this breakdown. Um, and I, I think that, um, you know, for Bilal, um, I think that he has a little bit more past the victory and I, I, I really appreciate his intelligence. And I think not only have I slept on Vincente Luque a little bit, I've slept on Bilal as well sometimes, and I'm always just blown away at his approach and the kind of work that he does behind the scenes that, that has to be the case based on what I'm seeing. So, yeah. um, I like this fight for Bilal as well. Um, I think Luque is extremely dangerous. The problem is I think Luque shines when it when it when if it gets down to being a war, a back and forth, uh kind of like, you know, stand in front of each other, throw down. I like Luque's chances there. I think Luque will win that fight. But Bilal, I think, is so smart and will ne- he's so good at never allowing fighters to do what they do. Right. And I think that that's kind of a sign of a great chess player is if I cannot let you do what you do best, I win. Yeah. And that's yeah. kind of been Bilal's approach. So I like Bilal here. Um, he uh, Look at the momentum he, he's he's having right now. Look at who he's beating. Um, I think he's well poised to win this fight. I don't see him making a major mistake. Yeah, um, he, he's not. Uh, a guy who takes major risks, he takes the smartest path to victory. And for yeah. that, uh, I agree with Brian, and I like uh, Bilal here as well. And, man, he's got an edge to him of late. I would also point out that the last two weeks of his camp have taken place during Ramadan. And I think maybe Kenny uh, and Brian, in some respects, that is okay because he's at a time where he has to be cutting weight. But, you know, I can right. just say that we were trying to push out some content with him this week. And, um, you know not really able to do it putting in two or three sessions a day with cotton mouth not able to drink water all day Crazy. i mean it's just absolutely right. nuts, nuts what he uh what he does but all the respect in the world to uh to the muslims and Bilal muhammad all right for more from brian petrie it's at mma takes podcast great to see you my man thank you for the extended time today and uh, absolutely it was i guess it was we'll, my uh, pleasure all right we'll talk to you next week i think we got ufc fight night lemos versus andrage or something like that but have a yeah. good week brother and uh we'll talk soon kid huh you too, boys. I'll see you. Well done, dude. See All right, there he is, Brian Petrie, with us every week here on the Anakin Florian Podcast. Also with us every week, the executive producer of this channel and the producer of the Weekly Scraps Podcast for Aljamain Sterling. This guy's been very celebratory over the last 24 hours. How about your guy, Aljo, getting it done, kid? Huh? I mean, someone's got to push back, right? I mean, I've been taking this shit, too. <laughs> I know. Oh, you're a homer. Oh, yeah, right. Jan was smoking him the first fight. I went back and rewatched it. <laughs> Come on, fellas. Um, dare I ask? Championship like, stays in Long Island. Could I ask how close you thought the first round was, or do we not need to go down that? I mean, I'm I'm a cynic. Like I'm watching it, thinking that the judges are going to screw out Joe. I mean, I thought it could go either way in the first round <laughs> yeah. because right. you know I, I thought it was interesting what Alan Joban said in the post fight with you when oh, he yeah. went right from effective striking to octagon control, and that's not simply how the scoring is laid out. It's effective striking, effective grappling, aggressiveness, octagon control. So you're not even getting to the fourth criteria in most fights. Right. Kenny, yeah, so I guess he was saying that 
you know, he couldn't determine, and maybe he doesn't know the exact letter of the law. I think he's an outstanding analyst. I got to work with him for the first time, but, um, yeah, like he couldn't maybe determine a winner based upon effective striking, grappling, or aggression. And I would, I think you got, you know, you probably could have and wouldn't have to have gone to that fourth condition. Um, what did we miss today as we get to the marrow seconds on the way out? Anything major, kid? Oh, well, I don't know. Can you see the glow? Just this glow of a champion? <laughs> Just, I'm um, sorry. And, and unfortunately, I think Ray lost his bet. I think the crowd was a little bit pro yawn there on the walk in, but. I mean, would you rather a win the bit? bet or win the a belt? A little bit, right. a lot of bit, but would yeah. Rather, would you yeah. rather win the belt? No, Burns was able to turn around the crowd. They're still booing Aljamain Sterling at the end. Burns is fantastic. <laughs> I mean, can you you can cut that clip of him at the end? Like, I live for this shit. You're gonna have to kill me. So, Dorino would be a good tattoo, Kenny, but I'm not little tough one. So, <laughs> right? Isn't that the direct translation yes, to Dorino? Exactly. Yeah. So I'm not tough enough to get a Dorino tattoo. Maybe we go Dorino on one side of the neck and fucking Game Bread on the other when we retire. Just play <laughs> golf with go. my neck tattoos well, just all gonna, day. Just get the per, the human performance tattoo and just cut a little deal. you be like, if I get this, I'm not paying for a session <laughs> in the next That's six right. Months. Rio Santana, if you're listening, IHP tattoo right on my, uh, my pectoral. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, and, and speaking of invoices for Ray, I mean, you know, yes, we pay Ray handsomely for his time, but I need to invoice the UFC. Like, Heidi Dean, like, who can I send an invoice to these last two weeks? Aljamain and then Bilal, like my blood pressure is going out the I'm fucking sure. roof. I'm sure. I'm sure. Okay. So and let I me guess get to Matt Sarah doesn't miss. think we pay long go enough. So um. <laughs> moving on. Number one, the crypto <laughs> Bitcoin bonuses that went out. 60 oh, grand yeah. worth of Bitcoin that went to these fighters. Hamza, number one with 30K. He had the Smash Bros uh, NFTs launched by Dolzbrak, who had the oh, art. I took a picture of all Don't you those sell movies. that, Hamza. Don't you sell it. Uh, well, I did think it was interesting. Volk had the 20K and then Jan had a 10K bonus. You know, I think it's great. Why, If you're Jan, why do you want to have to convert your money to Russian money right now? Like you just keep it in Bitcoin, right? Good point. Absolutely. Got to educate the folks. Marco Madsen, 12-0 and 0 in UFC yeah. at lightweight, 5-0 and 0 in the UFC. Uh, it's a step up. I don't know if he'll take it, but Gregor Gillespie versus Marco Madsen. I mean, Ooh. does it get much better matchmaking? That's a than cool that? fight. That's a cool like fight. Russia yeah. or something. You know, you do. Uh, Gregor Gillespie is um, probably one of my ten closest friends on the roster. Um, I just want to see him. You know, continue this. And Gregor, if you're listening, let's go, my man. Let's go. Can you? Can you let's put get a, a fight? Can you hook a fish, John? I've, I've never seen you fish before. Friends with the greatest fish yes, in MMA. I have caught fish with my daughters in my backyard. All right. I hope you didn't eat them. (laughs) I did not. Okay. That's good. Uh, You stole my Volk to TKZ in the fourth round. I mean, to have the wherewithal to just be like, yo, like, are you good? Like, are you sure you want this ass whooping? Like still Kenny Volk's the most relaxed fighter in UFC history, man. You know, I mean, it's unbelievable, man. He's just like, let's go. Let's go. It's just on fucking real, man. He's a stud. What a competitor. Yeah. What else, Cody? Uh, so I have a question for Kenny. Is Dern the only strawweight that could compete with Rose on the ground? I mean, Yoana versus Wei Lee is now booked for UFC 275. Most of the division's locked up. I mean, yeah. are we talking about Dern maybe for a title in the next fight? That would be interesting. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I, you know, if I'm on her team, I'm not sure I'd give her that right now. I'd like to see one or two more fights for her to develop. Like Rose as a striker is a problem, you know, as far as her determining the range. I think uh, McKenzie isn't ready for that. But, yeah, I agree with you as far as, you know, can McKenzie submit someone like Rose Namis? Absolutely, she could submit anybody in that division. But I'd like to see her slow her role a little bit. But this was a, a big confidence builder uh, in that she's, you know, she's heading in the right direction with what she's been doing. 
Yeah, she doesn't want a title fight right now, Cody. And Marina Rodriguez obviously beat her head to head, so I'm not sure she would leapfrog her. Um, but there isn't uh, an obvious matchup for her right now. Lemos and Andrade. I think if Andrade wins that main event against Lemos, you do Andrade Dern in a main event. And, uh, you know, Still? I think Mackenzie Dern, one or two more wins. Um, and certainly you're talking about a title fight, I think, for her. Well, and I don't think it's hyperbole to say she just went up with one of the most prolific female strikers on the roster. You know, Tisha yeah, Porres, not a like great she, matchup for yeah. yeah, good point. Fall River's own. Fall Last River. but not least, uh, I retweeted it from the podcast tweet. If everyone could go and uh, support Mike Malo's uh, fund, GoFundMe yes. for his coach's daughter. It had a 50k goal. I think at the time of him fighting, it hadn't reached it, but now it's at almost 100k. It's like 97k. Uh, as of us going on here. So you love to see the community come together like that. That's amazing. Good way to close out what has been an inspired episode of the Anakin Florian podcast. If you want to support Ray Longo, you can buy all of his merchandise at AnakinFlorianPodcast.com. AF10 or something like that. The promo code, I think, is on the website. You can go to millions.co if you want the one more sleep merchandise. I know a lot of people asking on social media over the weekend. Uh, Ken Flo, are you done traveling for a little bit? PFL Challenger Series in the can or what? I got a I got a week off. Yeah, I got a little week off, and then the regular season starts on ESPN uh, two uh, and, in about nine ten days, something like that. And where is that in the world? That that we are going to be uh, in Arlington, Texas. So all right, yeah, Arlington, next Texas. Free event, so all right, be good. Yeah. You get me tickets or no? Yeah, pff, come on, yeah, I mean, Ken Flo, are you kidding me? How many of do course. you need? Eight on eight on the any time. No. All right, that's going to do it for us. Thank you to our guests Ray Longo and Brian Petrie, and thanks to all the fans in Jacksonville, all the UFC fans who come up to me and ask about the podcast means a lot to Kenny Cody and everybody else that works so hard. Will Berger, our intern. Thank you everybody uh, for putting this show together quickly here after UFC 273. We are back next Sunday in your life with that for Ken Flo and John Anik. We'll talk to you then until next week. Yo, fucking later. Ha! Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckley SAB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly.